welcome back to Sound Pollution. This is episode 58. This week, I had a delightful interview with Scott Argerow. We are going to discuss inspirations, songwriting, the stories behind three of his tracks, and top it all off with a couple cool stories. Big shout out to the few people who watched the live this last week. I'll be doing those every Wednesday from now on. So if you have a gig coming up, make sure you drop me a line so I can shout it out on the live. Also, I am seeing my downloads go up. If you could make sure that you like, follow, subscribe to Soundflution on whatever listening platform you are using, that would be fantastic and it would really help me out. That's about it for now. On to the show. Cool. That always makes me feel better. I had somebody send me a thank you audio the other day. I was like, really? That is the sweetest yeah. thing. <laughs> That's good. You're in the right line of work. Doing what I'm supposed to do. It only took 39 years. It's fine. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. That's how it rolls. All right, everybody. Welcome to Sound Pollution. I am here with Scott Argero. And why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Hey, well, thanks so much, uh, Raynell, for having me on the program. Like I said, uh, in our free role, yeah, I really, uh, really enjoy uh, listening to your program. I've listened to a couple of the podcasts, so you do a great job, and I'm I'm honored to be on your program. I'm a singer-songwriter. I'm actually currently out of Denver. I've lived in Denver about five years, but I'm originally from back east in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Started as a drummer uh, as a kid throughout high school, and... um, from drumming, uh, songwriting just kind of became a natural progression. So I started playing around with um, some other instruments and uh, learning to play some instruments by ear, piano, guitar, bass, and and ultimately sing as a vocal stylist. And I've been writing uh, music for quite some time, both performing back east and then here in the in the Denver market. What sparked your interest initially in music? It was always in me from the time I was a kid. So, you know, I was very uh, rhythmic as a kid and, you know, always tapping and always kind of Mm -hmm. making up songs and so forth. And unbeknownst to me, that was going to progress into into songwriting. But uh, I love the drums. So, you know, I really took up an interest in drumming in elementary school and uh, slowly became, you know, playing a drum set and playing in various bands in in high school and throughout college and then professionally just watching a lot of the heroes on TV and you know gradually determining what I like I have such a wide array of artists that um, that I've been inspired by through the years from you know the McCartney's to the Elvis to the John Mayers to Lindsey Buckingham John Hyatt I could just go on and on but my interest in music kind of spans a large spectrum. As a drummer, I spent a lot of time as a jazz drummer. So I did play a lot of jazz. And I think that gave me some some very nice chops to ultimately go into uh, pop music where you didn't need as many chops. So that's, yeah, that's kind of kind of the background. You have like a wide range. See, even I have to start over. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'll leave it. So you have like a a wide range of influences, but is there anybody in particular for you that you are kind of drawn to as far as drumming goes? As far as drumming, I really love a a guy by the name of Manu Kache, and he actually has played with, uh, he's played with everybody, but I think people would know him well as playing with Peter Gabriel. On some of those sessions, I think he played on the So 
session. Just fantastic, rhythmic. He's a, initially a French drummer, but um, just fantastic rhythm, lick. Very inspired by him. You know, from the time I was a kid, my parents couldn't wait to put me in front of a TV and show me Buddy Rich. Mm-hmm. And I saw, you know, I got to see Buddy Rich as a kid in the early days playing on The Tonight Show. And that's where I kind of thought, wow, that's somebody who's taken it to a whole <laughs> different level. So, you know, I love anybody that uh, is is just a solid rhythmic player with great tempo, but then, you know, can do those little nuances that aren't aren't completely in your face, but are very complex. And I think that kind of stems from being a, initially a jazz drummer. If you could write with anybody, if you could write a song with anybody, who would it be? Man, I... Yeah, I thought about that. It, it would probably be, of all people, and again, I'm not, I'm a drummer by heart, by nature, and I've picked up some other instruments, but, um, and I'm not really a guitar player. I just play rhythm. But uh, Lindsey Buckingham from Fleetwood Mac. Um, yeah. I just absolutely love that guy's approach to songwriting and melody. You know, when he does a guitar solo, it's almost like it's its own composition. It's very haunting and very melodic. And he doesn't, you know, he can play a lot of notes. He's a phenomenal finger picker and so forth. But first and foremost, he's just does wonderful melody and just a real texture that when you hear it, you're that's Lindsey Buckingham, you know. So I would dig it if I got an opportunity to work with with Lindsey. And I think he has some spare time on his hands. Let's jump into song one then, speaking of of writing with somebody. Let's talk about human to human. I can actually hear some of the influences you just talked about with that song. What's the story behind that song? Yeah, sure. You know, as probably a lot of artists were doing during the pandemic, uh, everybody's holed up in their house and everybody was creating. And as I, you know, worked from home, I always had a acoustic guitar in my hand and was starting to write a lot of ideas. So human to human, kind of a simple melodic song, but very much about disconnection. The dis, you know, I think I was feeling the disconnection as everybody was of sitting in their house and being disconnected from parties and concerts and so forth. But then it kind of stemmed as I wrote the lyrics, it kind of branched off into technology and what technology is doing to humanity and um yeah i saw some of the some of the visuals of that in the video right so the music video really you know i i explained that to the director and he really took that in a cool angle which i loved you know that that's what it was about was just you know where are we in terms of you know this is very this is wonderful technology everything is very cool but uh it is disconnecting people and you know, not many, right now we can talk one-on-one here uh, with our voices, but normally people yeah. just want to want to text and email and so forth. So, which is a drag, you know, and you Yeah, sometimes really... I want to hear somebody's voice. Yeah, I want to have absolutely. coffee, man. Uh, you want to have coffee, man. We do. Yeah, I do too. So um, that's kind of where that came from. And, you know, if the listeners do get an opportunity to go to my YouTube channel and join, I would love it. It's Scott Argero, A-R-G-I-R-O, and uh, Human to Human is one of those featured videos on the channel. It's a great video. It's really well done. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Um, it tells a little story within, and uh, I think you'd also hear maybe some Chris Isaac influences. I I, I really love, I I love the California melodic sound 
I really love that. I'm a huge Beach Boys fan. I just saw the Beach Boys down the street from me here in uh, in Colorado, and I just Dude, really, really so jealous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Speaking of concerts, what's the best concert you've ever been to? What's the best show? Oh man, that's a curveball. But uh, I know I'm throwing that out. You just brought it. it yeah, you brought it to yeah, yourself. I know. I uh, the giant shows. I would say like a U2. I've seen them in a mm. in a stadium situation back in Pittsburgh, my hometown, and that was you know phenomenal. And Bono's voice was phenomenal. Um, I did see Peter Gabriel, the So Tour, uh, mm. years ago uh, as a kid. He was tremendous. He was very, you know, I just love the mystique of the whole thing. And and I love the drummer that he was touring with, Manu Katche, like I talked about. So um, I would say those two would be uh, would be tops. Was there ever an aha moment for you? Was there an ever a moment where you were like, this is absolutely what I'm meant to do? Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my parents uh, would take our family once a year to Cape May, New Jersey. So we would go to this beach town, the Cape May, and right on the beach, there was this bar. The bar was called Carney's, and I think it's still there uh, to this day. And Carney's was right next door to the miniature golf course. So all the kids, we'd all be you know, smashing golf balls on the miniature golf course. But Carney's would have the windows open of this bar and I was just absolutely mesmerized by the music coming out of it. You know, these were just cover bands, but they were cover bands that were playing old Commodores music. And I was hearing Easy Like Sunday Morning and, mm-hmm. and uh, I was hearing Elvis tunes and, you know, more modern stuff. And I think that, you know, as I look back, that was one of the aha moments where I literally, you know, would stand in front of this bar as an underage kid and wasn't allowed in. But each time a drunk person would walk out, uh, <laughs> I would, uh, I just like relish that like you could hear 10 the music. seconds of that door swinging open and I could see the the bands on the stage and I was absolutely hypnotized by those bands. So yeah, that would be my my aha moment that I look back on. What's your songwriting process like? You know, I, I'm somebody that, first of all, is a drummer, so it, very rhythmical. So I'm kind of so you feeling, like you start with the beat. Yeah, I'm feeling music, but for the most part, I kind of hear a lot of melodies. So I'm one of these people that um, it used to be on recorders, and now it's on an iPhone. I have an iPhone with a, a voice recorder of probably a thousand melodies that, in the middle of driving, I hum into my iPhone. So it it starts there where I kind of hear melodies and and sing them into a phone. And then I also, you know, once I have that melody, I'll sit at, it's usually a guitar, a bass, or a piano is what I'll sit at. If it's a slower melodic song, it's it's a piano. But if it's a rock tune, it's I'll sit at a acoustic guitar and play bar chords and we'll develop the idea. And then I keep books and books of song titles. So I'm constantly (laughs) writing down these song titles that I just think would be cool. And it's kind of neat because once you develop uh, the the framework of an idea, I'll start to scan these books of song titles. And ultimately, and I never know why, a particular title kind of jumps out, not only because I wrote it down because I thought it was a cool song title, but it kind of matches the vibe that I'm going for. It's kind of hard to explain, but ultimately one of those titles jumps out. From there, you know, you kind of make the realization that I wrote down that song title probably for a reason because it meant something to me and the lyrics kind of start to flow from that title. So that's kind of my, that's been my process uh, for the last, you know, probably 15 years or so. So I'm counting three instruments you play three instruments it maybe is it four 
piano, bass, drums, and, and rhythm, guitar. Yeah, I play, uh, well, you know, I play some other stuff. Like you, you, I toy around with a ukulele. But for the most part, yeah, it's uh, it's drumming and bass. You know, those things that are very percussive. Piano is a percussive instrument, too. So I guess I'm more into the the percussion side of things. I'm a firm believer that it seems like drummers, if a drummer has some sense of melody, you know, those they can become pretty good songwriters. I mean, or great songwriters. I mean, you look at a, a Don Henley, a Phil Collins, mm-hmm. uh, Paul McCartney was a drummer. I think drummers really have an idea in terms of a song, how to build a song, when there's tension in a song, and when that song needs to progress into a pre-chorus, a, a chorus, a bridge. I think the, the drummer really has that sensibility, if you know what I mean, to, mm-hmm. you know, that's why they, they'll put a drum fill in to build or what have you. But we really have a nice sense of, this is my personal belief, I could be totally wrong, but uh, but uh um, I think drummers have a nice idea as to how a song should flow. Do you like writing or performing more? Man, that's I, a weird I, question. Yeah, I, you know, I, I probably like them equally. I love the writing process. I love when, you know, I ultimately normally come to the table with about 20 to 30 songs. And then you go through the process of getting into a studio and starting to record them. And it's so funny because, you know, some of those songs might have been great songs, but they just don't record well or they don't. The idea doesn't formulate how you anticipated. So though it gets whittled down into about a you know 12 song album or an EP or what have you. So that's such a neat process to see these songs from just an idea or a melody in your head that becomes a song and to see them, you know, kind of get born and and released and hopefully make you money. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it's always a nice I, perk. I, yeah, that's, that's Making a, nice a living. Perk. Absolutely. Uh, the performing aspect though, I, I, I absolutely love, I love being in front of a, of an audience and I love uh, telling stories and that whole thing. So it, it I'd hate to say it, but it's, it's an equal thing. Um, it, it's an equal love. And and when you're done with a project and you've recorded it, you can't wait to get out to a club or a theater and do a release party and, and share it. Let's talk about the next song, California Voodoo. <laughs> yep. Has a nice little vibe. Tell me about that one. It's kind of um, my love, uh, my endless love of California. Um, I live in Denver, Colorado, but I spent a lot of time in California. I just actually just yesterday returned from Palm Springs and I absolutely love Palm Springs and I was in Malibu and, and Calabasas as well. I did not run into a Kardashian, but I was looking for one. Um, <laughs> but California Voodoo is about my love of California. It's kind of, you know, I, I love the vibe. I love, you know, the entertainment element of it. And the, the you know, I've spent a lot of time out there pitching songs and so forth. And I do some acting on the side. So I spent some time there as well uh, on the acting front. But the song is about my love of California. And it's, you know, I think there's a line in there. I like to ride your waves into the shore. I kiss your salty lips. I want more. I'm talking about California, the ocean. Um, There's a particular place in Malibu uh, called Paradise Cove that I absolutely love. Um, That's where the Beach Boys initially did their surf and safari picture um, right there on the beach and there's so much history to it tv shows filmed there and so forth so uh long-winded answer but that's that's <laughs> california voodoo is my love of california 
I share that love. Different part of California, but I share that love. as well how'd you get into that like I said I'm a drummer I'm just hoping nobody finds out that I'm just a drummer so <laughs> uh but uh um I started doing on the side just some you know independent films and uh 
most recently, I just did a, a Ridley Scott production, a very small part where I played a evil executive in a in a Ridley Scott production. So uh, it definitely music is is the thing that I gravitate towards the most and I love the most. But acting is I don't know. I think it's a little it's a natural progression. You know, when you're up on a stage and you're talking to an audience, you're kind of performing. You're kind of a an actor in a play in a way um, in your own play. So I, I that's just an interesting kind of, way of looking at it. I never thought of that, but it is, yeah, it is a show. It is a show. I, I laugh because, it, you know, back in high school, we had a, ba- a very popular band back in my high school in Western Pennsylvania and the guitar player, great guitar player, but he, he spent a lot of time between songs tuning and, you know, he had this board of contraptions of 50 effects that he was always hitting and, popping wires in and out so there were a lot of pauses between the songs and what I realized is that you know I the keyboard player would look at me and say entertain (laughs) basically so (laughs) I I spent a lot of time entertaining audiences just by talking telling stories stupid shtick and so forth Um, but that really really developed my craft in front of an audience and I have him to thank all of his uh, contraptions and his his obsessive uh, tuning. Hey, well, he never played out of tune. We can give him that. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Thank you for pointing you in the right direction. So, you know, okay. a new question I've been asking is if you weren't a musician, what would you be? Would you be an actor? Or is there something else that you would fall back on? No, I think, uh, you know, the two things I gravitate towards are music and songwriting and acting is the second best thing. So you're just um, in the creative realm. In the creative realm. Absolutely. And what advice would you give somebody who wanted to get into the music business? Yeah, you know, it takes a lot of patience. I would say, you know, the best example I have is there was a night back east where our band had an opportunity to play a pretty big event uh, opening for a national act at a uh, big theater, you know, and probably a thousand people and just, just a really one of those nice shows where you have a backstage and you have security walking you to the stage and, and wine and cheese boards backstage and you kind of feel like a rock star. Well, the night after we had this show, we were in a sandwich shop in <laughs> Pittsburgh performing for about four people that I think were right now. They were just there to get their sandwich, to tell you the truth. They so were they like, oh, us, there's music too. Cool. cool. And they give <laughs> us a thumbs up. And I thought, you know, I, I just remember being on the stage thinking, what in the last 24 hours, what went drastically wrong <laughs> where we did this fantastic show and then I'm at a sandwich place. But that kind of made me realize that regardless of where you're playing, it you have to deliver the exact same performance if it's in front of four people, if it's in front of uh, a thousand people. So And I stuck with that. And regardless of where we were playing, it was the same show. And I tried to give the same performance and same energy and make it look like a show, a rock show at an arena, uh, even though it's some many nights it wasn't. Many nights it was bologna and cheese. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So that would be my advice. And that takes a lot of energy um, to keep your head straight and, you know, continue to press uh, forth and continue to release music that, you know, you release something that you think is fantastic and it just kind of doesn't go anywhere. And then you release something that never in a million years did you think people would pick up on and they love it, you know? So it just takes a lot of trial and error and a lot of consistency. And my advice would be, you have to absolutely 
passionately love it or you won't do it because it it takes tremendous commitment and and passion. So let's talk about the next song, which is my favorite one that you sent me, My Satellite. Oh, you like that one? I like the guitar. I love the love story. Tell me about it. Yeah, that's uh, My Satellite is actually can be read some different ways, but really the song is kind of about if you've ever been in a room and had a strange feeling like maybe somebody from beyond is there with you, like a ghost or something oh, wow. like that. Oh, wow. I, re- I, I, I interpreted yeah. that so wrong. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's good. Um, I've, I've had it interpreted both ways and, and that has gotten some great feedback. But yeah, that's really what I was writing about was um, kind of kind of getting that feeling that somebody might be sitting in the room with you that's passed on and uh, your hairs kind of stand up on your arm and that moment of not a creepy moment, a, a peaceful moment, but nonetheless, a little bit pause for thought. So that's what my satellite was about. The guitar and that's beautiful too. Yeah. Some great work by a guy named Steve Langemo. He's a great guitar player out of uh, Colorado here down in Colorado Springs. So I'm lucky to be able to access Steve and he does some great, great work. Oh, 
What is your craziest show story? Give me a good one. Oh man, you're talking to the right guy. Cause I, yes, <laughs> I've got so many, you don't have enough time on the podcast, but the um, first one that popped into your head. Yeah, there's God, there's so many. And I want to write a book. I really want to write a book. Cause I thought oh, you should do so it. Long, but, you know, I was playing a show out in Los Angeles and it's just a little acoustic show. And after the show, uh, uh, I was meeting people and selling merchandise. And, you know, a guy walked up to me and said, hey, Scott, I love your music. I really love it. He said, I'll tell you what, I own a club right down the street. And he was like, would you like to come down the street and you can do a set down at my club? And I was like, you know, this is my last show here in L.A. Yeah, I'll, I'll take any exposure I can get. So we're talking a bit. And then this uh, woman sashays up to him. And uh, she's, you know, very well put together, you know, and he says, honey, this is Scott. And she says, hey, I really like your music, Scott. And the guy says, "Uh, honey, uh, Scott's going to come down the street and play at the club while you and the girls dance. You were like, wait, this is another thing. (laughs) (laughs) It was a different kind of a club. I I think it was an opportunity and and, uh, she was a dancer. But yeah, it it was, it turns out he owned a, uh, like a gentleman's club. Uh, Well, I mean, (laughs) not judging. Last Uh, person to judge. (laughs) There you go. Gore. Um, I'm in a, I'm wearing all white. I'm, I, I look like Don Ho. I'm like in white pants and like a white Hawaiian shirt. And I've got a ukulele. I just look like a Don Ho or something. And I'm walking into this club to perform. And the parking lot is filled with like a hundred Harley Davidsons. And it's bike night at this club. And our tour manager opens the door for me and says, they're going to kill you. <laughs> your your dress is your dress is done um couldn't have been nicer guy like super yeah. nice. they were they absolutely got the joke they were like the nicest guys but i yeah that was a little that was a night where uh i i did not dress the part um do you have any upcoming shows uh, right now i'm doing a record so i'm in my studio um i'm trying to determine if it's going to be an ep or an lp Okay. Um, and I've just started laying down all the instruments. And speaking of Steve Langemo, I'm about to contact him to get into the studio. So I'm going to be working on that through probably November, December. Uh, I'll work with Jesse O'Brien again, who's a great producer here in Colorado, and put a record out. And then in the first of the year, I want to be playing around uh, around Denver. So I'll keep you posted as uh, show dates start to start to happen. Tell my listeners where they can find you online. Absolutely. Uh, you know, go to YouTube and you can find my YouTube channel at Scott Argero, S-C-O-T-T-A-R-G-I-R-O. Um, I have a, just an old school website at scottargero.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And if you Google me, I'm, I'm pretty much, uh, you know, out there in terms of- You are of, Googleable. Uh, I did Google you. All right, Scott, I want to thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your music. We appreciate you. I hope you come back again. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you again, Scott, for being on an episode. I appreciate you. If you are interested in being on an episode of Sound Pollution, please go to the website soundpollutionpodcast.com. 
and shoot me a message. Please make sure you include a link for me to listen to your music and I will get back to you as soon as I can. As I said before the show, please make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Sound Pollution, whatever listening platform you are using. And please be sure to follow me on social media. I am basically everywhere and I try to post regularly. Don't forget this week, I also drop the monthly music only episode, which will be episode 59. See you next week for more updates and another episode. Be love and make some noise.